This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. This is the second hour of the program. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, on this uh, part of the program, I, lots of subjects to cover. So we're going to be talking about sexless marriages. I'm going to tell you about a patient of mine, which, which underscores why it is so important that sex is a subject we are comfortable talking about because it is so related to health. And I'm trying to do that, but we we have to deshroud this this shame that cloaks the subject of sex and sexuality. It's the biggest secret. People love it. They enjoy it, but they don't want to talk about their pleasures or what what excites them or their habits or what pleases them. The stigma and taboos surrounding certain aspects of sexuality, many of which are very healthy. So I encourage you to have this conversation, at least with your partner. And I implore healthcare practitioners and politicians to lead in a proper way when it comes to a healthy sex discourse. We can't have judgments about healthy aspects of other people's lives. You shouldn't be in somebody else's bedroom, but you might be if you're having an affair. And we're going to be talking about that (laughs) a little bit later as well. And that's tied to, I didn't say get tied up. I just said that's tied to (laughs) um, my other subject, which is how do you end an affair if you uh, want to work on your marriage? Affairs teach us a lot about relationships. They teach us about how healthy our relationship is. They teach us the expectations we have, what we believe we desire in a relationship, and also what we might feel we're entitled to in a relationship. Oftentimes I hear patients say they got to a point in their life and they just thought, is this it? This is it, huh? And then out of the blue, somebody just said, hey, you're attractive or, or was flirtatious or came on to them or invited them for a drink and they thought, oh, I still got it. Somebody is attracted to me. They had been doing housework and raising children and working inside and outside of the home and taking care of parents and all of those things that, that you do in life, being the principal breadwinner perhaps or just always the one who was people-pleasing for everybody else and, and let themselves go in a way, let their, their sensual self go. They felt they weren't appreciated by their partners. They weren't paid attention to. So there's a number of reasons, and it often can signify issues in the relationship, whether somebody doesn't feel valued or noted or noticed whether somebody doesn't feel appreciated or cared for or cared about. So we're going to be talking about that as well as also some of the health issues that are related to sex and sexuality, like blood pressure and sexual challenges after a rectal cancer diagnosis. Also going to be talking about um, how you can recognize this sexual harassment in the workplaces and do you and your husband or wife or partner whomever do you tally your sexually satisfying events your SSEs (laughs) 
with each other and come up with a different number. Does your balance sheet not out of whack? Is it not balanced, your sexual balance sheet? Well, you might want to download Sexual Sexulator, the new little app. Don't worry, there's actually a couple of negative... <laughs> There's some negative, um, but some people are just negative, right? There, but there are negative comments on the sexulator. But it doesn't matter. You get the point. Write it down for crying out loud. Um, but download the sexulator just so you can say it at work. Hey, I downloaded the sexulator. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like zero. <laughs> no. I'm kidding, of course. Um, so this is going to get really serious now. Um, I do want to tell you about this patient of mine. It was a digital patient. And so I do have digital patients. And I'm going to read your emails. And I'm going to tell you about uh, – you can call in to win the prize. And so here's the contest. Yeah, before I get onto the boring blood pressure. Um, the <laughs> Here's the contest. I'm going to give out, yes, another womanizer because I'm feeling – it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It's already that time. I know. Can you believe it? I'm so excited. The neighborhood has already started their little war oh, on of lights. Course. I've seen it all over the place. <laughs> and somebody has really set the stage. And <laughs> Anyway, I'll get them. Uh, so I'm going to give out a womanizer. However, since we're talking about the subject of infidelity... You know, you don't have to call me and tell me that you are cheating on it. Whatever. You don't have to... But call and... Tell me the best story about infidelity. It could be about a friend. It may have happened to you. You may have done it to somebody else. It could be the best, most creative story will win the womanizer. And if you don't know what the womanizer is, you've obviously never listened to the program before. The womanizer is the best sex device, the best sex toy. Did you know that in the state of, I think it's Alabama, is it Alabama? Sex toys are outlawed. No way. <laughs> I think it's Alabama. I'm going to have to check that. Have much fun, Can you they? believe that? And I was no, just like, oh my gosh, have I ever sold a womanizer to an Alabaman? <laughs> 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 Would I get arrested? I actually had this whole thought thing tonight going on. Like, You're breaking the law. Before the program. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> no problem with that, officer. Um, so where was I? Oh, yeah. So call us 604 280 9898 or star 9898 on yourself for the best story. Maybe you had an affair and you were never caught. That's a great story. And how was that? Um, maybe, you know, it's just a long ago person that cheated on you and it was just an unbelievable story. Maybe, like this happened to me one time, I was on a date with somebody and he was on a date with two people on opposite sides. Of, it was a tennis tournament. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't really care. <laughs> Not much. Uh, <laughs> no. So these betrayals happen all the time. You just got to get over them. Um, but there's certain ways to get over them. And also we're going to be talking about how when you're the other woman in particular or the other man, it doesn't seem to happen as much as... Um, doesn't seem to happen as much to men as it does to women, but I don't know. But there seem to be a lot more other women, whatever. And so, but how do you let them down? How do you say, I'm going to work on my relationship? A lot of therapists say, cut it off. Just cut it off with their, the woman that you've been in a, in a relationship with because it's effectively a relationship for the past five years. So how do you do that? Do you ghost them? Do you, uh, you know, wean yourself off of the relationship? Do you take them out for dinner? Um, obviously, you've been caught. <laughs> so, um, 
you know, there's a certain way to do that. And so there, I think that the feelings of the other woman have to be considered here. Mm-hmm. It's not just about, um, it's not just about um, the, uh, the couple and the betrayal there, because there's also, there's heartbreak all around. And I actually had a message from somebody who obviously heard me talking about this in the earlier part of the program, and she said, the other woman always gets disregarded. The couple gets back together in some cases, but the other woman, what happens to her? Her feelings, her emotional stability, etc. How does she move on after what she considers a devastation? And that's true. And many women especially single women who are in extramarital affairs with married men, they, they wonder many for many years, will he actually ever leave his wife and his family? Because as the saying goes, men remain in sexless, men cheat to remain in sexless marriages and women cheat to leave. Now that's a general generalization, but uh, it certainly does happen. So I do want to just quickly uh, tell you about my little patient there. Little digital patient. I don't know if he's little. He's actually not little. He's too big. He has too much weight on him. So he, he's in his late forties. He was, he was actually, um, he's a fairly prominent uh, person in his own right, in his chosen field, which he's decided not to work in any longer because it caused him such tremendous stress and it impacted his health. So he calls me. He hasn't got a relationship. He wants to settle down one day and get married and have children. He is afraid that his time has passed. Um, He doesn't have any financial problems. He also told me that he had thyroid issues and that he had hypertension. And he told me his blood pressure was 190 over 119. And so I suggested... And, and, and uh, so I suggested that he actually get his blood pressure dealt with because if his blood pressure is 190 over 119, he's basically in a hypertensive crisis, especially with the guidelines that the new guidelines have come out. And so he would need immediately immediate help to go to a physician. He needed to go to an internist. He's in the U.S. the next day. That was what I recommended that he do. So. He, um, but I did tell him to take his blood pressure with a home monitor, you know, after resting for five minutes and email me and tell me what his blood pressure was. But if his blood pressure was that high, that is what he was going to need to do before we could deal with his erectile dysfunction, (laughs) his weight. He was about 5'10 and he weighed 195 pounds. So that's kind of high. And uh, so I suggested he take off, I think it was like 40 or 50 pounds, like 40 pounds. Anyway. I like I'm lean and mean. <laughs> no, so anyway, I I think I've said anyway like a thousand times. But so he does exactly as I tell him to do, which is what most of my male clients do, and I love that about them. The women they're like, oh, I definitely want to go on this plan, manage my weight, and dye my hair, and all this, and I'm going to come back and see you next week, and then inevitably they cancel the appointment. But the guys, no, they're like, I am all in. I want the all in diet, and I am all in. And so this fellow. He emailed me his blood pressure, and it was like 119 over 70. It's perfect. Couldn't have been better. And he told me about the thyroid. He'd been going to holistic doctors, and he was you know, spending a lot of money. And people think they spend a lot of money, they get a whole lot more. Right. Not necessarily, especially in healthcare. And so he's going to this holistic person who told him that his thyroid was high. I recommended he get a TSH, thyroid-stimulating hormone blood test, T3, T4, 
And so he sent me the labs. He'd had them done in August and September. He had sent me the labs, and they were all actually within the normal range as well. They were in the lower part of the range. It doesn't matter with thyroid, but I'm not a physician. I just play one on the radio. <laughs> no, I'm. Uh, so you have to go to your physician for this type of thing. So there's new guidelines is what I want to say. This fellow needs to go to the conservative route. He needs to lose weight. He's having erectile dysfunction. He's stressed to the max. There are new guidelines I want to mention. It used to be that it was acceptable to have blood pressure that was 140 over 90. No more. It's 120 over 80 and below. Uh, So you want to, uh, these recommendations have actually diagnosed a whole lot more people with uh, hypertension. And they're not sure how they're, it's a massive document. And I actually haven't even gotten through it just yet. But some of the recommendations that the doctors are now going to be which they should be recommending first is losing weight, managing stress, reduction of salt, cutting out alcohol, those types of things before they go on to medication. So that's just one health care issue that I wanted to discuss because this is related to sexuality, body image, how somebody feels about themselves, their erectile function. Sex is about blood flow for men and for women. And so when you've got that much weight on you and your blood pressure is high, although his wasn't, uh, but you've got that much extra weight and you've got so much stress in your life between his job and his life that he hoped to see it. You know, he's lost a bit of a dream right now, but he still wants to meet somebody. He's still young. He certainly can do that, have children, live out the dream he wants, but he's got to make a few changes in his life. So if we weren't free to talk about sex and sexuality and relationships, things wouldn't change. Anyway, so if you want to win the Womanizer, call me about your creative infidelity story, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. When I come come back, we're going to address that subject. I'm Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. (laughs) Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting the program for you. We're talking about Sexless marriages. I got a great email. I'm going to email. I'm going to read that to you in a second. And we're also talking about infidelity. And I've asked you, I've invited you to give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell to tell me about if infidelity has ever impacted your life. And Roger has decided to do that. Hello, Roger. Hello. I I want to talk about an unusual friend of mine. He calls himself James Dean. So uh, many people here in uh, British Columbia, especially around Surrey and uh, uh, Vancouver, definitely know about him. He always talks over the radio, and uh, he does this. Every time he tells his wife, if you are doing something that I do not like, then I'm going to sleep with another woman. And um, finally, he claims that he has the world record of uh, having slept around with so many women. According to his claim, he has uh, cheated on her, either uh, knowingly or not knowingly. With He has uh, had sex with more than 6,500 women. And um, he uses the name James Dean. I will not uh, mention the first name because, uh, you know, <laughs> that many people know about him, but many... Well, I don't. <laughs> oh, you've heard about him? No, no, I don't know about him. No. Okay. Now, uh, his wife has uh, bought an, uh, 
and a mobile home in uh, Florida. And uh, now for him, it is totally free play. We try and just keep it a little anonymous here on the program. We try not to give out too much personal information about people. Is this a friend of yours? I say a long time acquaintance. I've known him for 20 years. He's the most unusual stand-up comedian, he claims, that people know. You know, but guys have a tendency to brag about uh, their sexual liaisons that the liaisons that actually never have occurred. You know, there, there's this sort of... Uh, feeling that they're not good enough, and they they kind of exaggerate about it, whereas women underestimate and and men kind of overestimate. Maybe that's James's problem. <laughs> yeah. I don't like him. Maybe so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love your show. It's most interesting. I always listen to it every Sunday. Oh. And, uh, you give a whole lot of. Uh, valuable advice for so many different kinds of uh, situations. It is really worthwhile for anybody that, uh, you know, wants a better uh, love life or marriage or, uh, you know, uh, to to find way out for a better harmony. They should listen to your program. Roger, cut it out. I love it. No, <laughs> Thank you so much. That's so nice of you to say. I really appreciate it. Blessings to all of you. Well, that's lovely of you to say. I, thank you so much. Bye. Bye now. Okay. Uh, so I did have a little email for you. Do we have another caller? No. <laughs> yes. Okay. I have. I'm going to read this email to you, which I thought was... Okay, I'm I'm actually not going to open the link, but, oh, we don't have time to read the email. We have to go to break. I'm so sorry. I'm going to read the email, take the caller. When I get back, I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on Newstalk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on Newstalk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. We're talking, amongst other things, about infidelity. There are, there are a number of truths about infidelity. Pair bonding is a hallmark of humanity. Uh, however, monogamy is only part of the human reproductive strategy, and infidelity is widespread. Current studies of American couples indicate that 20 to 40 percent of heterosexual married men and 20 to 25 percent of heterosexual married women will also have an extramarital affair during their lifetime. Brain architecture may contribute to infidelity. There may be a familial tendency, if that's something that you learned. There may be a genetic tendency. And the reason that researchers believe there may be a genetic tendency is because many people report that they are in happy marriages or very happy marriages, and yet they still cheat. So infidelity doesn't necessarily signal an unhappy relationship, but I think that if you are cheating or looking to cheat outside of your relationship, you may be unhappy with yourself. And so how can you bring an unhappy self to a relationship and actually call that relationship happy? I have Kate on the line because she has a story because I put out a call to all of you to... Tell me your story of infidelity or something that happened to you or something that you know of. Hello, Kate. Well, hello, Marie. How are you? I'm quite well. Good. Um, a little nervous, yeah. Just depressed. Um, Mindful, even, just be <laughs> in the moment. Of course. You were mentioning about infidelities, how it makes you unhappy. And as I was thinking about the story I'm about to share with you, it was like, okay, first of all, maybe I'll, I'll bring that at the end if, if there's time. So I was young. It was the early 90s. 
It was my first girlfriend. I was just coming out, you know, and as far as I can tell, you really don't know your head from your butthole until you're well into your 40s regarding relationships or anything else. So I was young. The gal was cute, raspy voice, bleached blonde hair, unemployed, Doc Martens, you know, quintessential early 90s kind of picture. And then there was this tall, bright, intelligent, confident, stunning eyes woman who was happened to be attracted to me. And uh, I was obviously attracted to her. And so there was an evening that occurred, uh, English Bay on on the, what is that, the west, the east, the south, the south side of one of those large logs. And <laughs> yes, I, uh, so getting back to the unhappy, no, I wasn't unhappy with myself. I was, I was young and just didn't know. And it's, you don't know. So now looking back, you know, in my 20s, there might have been one or two or, or three, not more than five infidelities when I was younger. But being older now, it's like, I just, I mean, I've been professionally single for six years. I don't know if that has anything to do with Professionally single. Ima- <laughs> but I can't imagine. So there's no cheating that. happening well, <laughs> if no, you're well, single. Uh, well, unless I use my right hand. But that's another story. <laughs> But yeah, I can't imagine uh, the infidelity. Um, yeah, you got to look. Uh, there's a couple of friends of mine. They have like this most amazing relationship. You know, they've been married uh, uh, for for years, uh, and, and and the one will be like, oh, you know, this this uh, uh, comment on a style or, or a shape of a woman that she's really attracted to, and then her wife will comment on on you know, the style and shape of a woman. And they're like, okay with it because... Well, it's one thing to look, but it's it's when you touch. That's an entirely well, different story, right? And what what I've learned from, from their relationship is that they're secure with each other. And yeah, you can look. And they even talk about, you know, the attractiveness of what they can see. And I'm thinking that's like a huge maturity. That, that uh, certainly is. But there's also, um, oh... I've now I've I've kept missing what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm at a loss for words, which is like the first time in my entire life. No, for some people, if somebody is attracted to them, it can awaken them. Uh, they can awaken them. They may have felt dead in their relationship. Often, people will say they they awaken my femininity. That person awakened my sexuality, my sense of myself. I felt alive. I felt aroused. Many women will tell me that they. Uh, felt they had low sexual desire until they met somebody in New York City, or until they met right. somebody on the train, until they met somebody on LinkedIn. And so it's it's that type of thing, right, that is is so, uh, you know, it's so difficult to, to well, pass up for people. I, as far as I can tell, there, there can be so many different uh, um, uh, uh, factors contribute, especially if you're outside of your regular environment. I mean, that's, that's, I think, a huge factor as well. You were mentioning New York, right, on the train. Exactly. And many people, they have said, I was, I was, I never considered myself a cheater, especially with a married person, because they said they felt a solidarity with women. And, and yet, you know, when the baseball coach threw them up against the wall, there was no turning back. You know, so, you know, a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But thank you so much for your story, Kate. And um, good luck with professional singledom. (laughs) (laughs) May you end that career and get a new job. Well, there it is. (laughs) If you would like one. Thanks so much. (laughs) Uh, I have this email from, uh, I don't really like to use names, but I believe it's my, um, my TEDx talk. 
which is called the No Sex Marriage, Masturbating, Cheat, Masturbation, Cheating, Loneliness, and Shame. And so this fellow writes and says, Men in Sexless Marriage, he, first he wrote, just saw this. Men in sexless marriages cheat in order to remain married. I guess I said that in the TEDx talk. Uh, Brava. It took me 15 years of guilt to figure out that on my own, and I was truly on my own, I'm the one who took us to counseling, and the counseling sessions I came to think of as the Blame the Guy show. A lot of guys feel that way. The last time I had sex 10 times in one year was 20 years ago. It's a miracle that we, my wife and I, managed to have three children. The last time that I had sex with my wife was at least a dozen years ago. The last time that she shared my bed was five years ago, something like that. My wife is a wonderful woman, but I could just as well say that my wife is a wonderful person and have pretty much covered everything you need to know. On the other hand, we're still married, and I do like her, and I hope to grow old with her. In one of our counseling sessions, my wife gently suggested... I've been wondering if your erectile dysfunction might, dysfunction might be an indicator of a health problem. That was the only time I ever got angry during a counseling session. If I reach for you on 100 nights and you turn away 99 of those nights, it shouldn't surprise, be a surprise if Mr. Happy doesn't rise to the occasion, when that one rare occasion is such a surprise. And when I say 99 times out of 100, I'm not exaggerating. She didn't dispute the statistics but she didn't do anything to address the, t- the statistics either. I didn't exactly enjoy your TED Talk, but I did find it familiar. Thanks so much for that email. A lot of people have found it familiar, 6.6 million people, and they said nobody would watch it. <laughs> Showed them. They did say that to me. You know what? That's another. I was talking about sexual harassment in the workplace. It wasn't exactly the workplace, but after I had prepared that talk, delivered that talk, had some other issues around that talk that I'm actually not at liberty to discuss, um, but someday I will, uh, that, you know, that was, that added some stress to that particular day, um, which I would love to tell you about. But anyway, um, the, uh, at the after party, one of the people on the organizing committee said to me, what did you think of your talk? And I said, well, it doesn't really matter what I thought of it. What did you think of it? And he said, nobody is going to watch it. And, you know, it was devastating at the time, but it was really like it was to take away my power because if or perceived power, I didn't have any power, but I had just delivered the talk. I got a standing ovation. I didn't have any notes. I remembered basically 98% of the entire thing. I forgot one or two things. And it was a 26-minute talk at the time. And he said, uh, you're going to need to edit it severely, cut it in half. And I said, you know, I'll happily edit it. I probably repeated a couple of things. But I I was given the advice uh, by a colleague of mine, a physician. And he said, if you want to please the TED people, cut it, you know, edit it. If you want to please the world, leave it the way it is. So I just edited it down a little bit. And they had done an edit on it. I said, I want full editorial control. They had done an edit and they took everything out, like all of the poignant parts that I felt were, were poignant. And, and so, but anyway, that moment of when he said, nobody's going to watch it. I mean, it's a very, very, very much a first world problem that I have tremendous guilt about, but I cried. (laughs) I was devastated. I felt terrible. Anyway, so it's just those those little things that happen. And do you think that guy has ever said, well, I was wrong? No, never. Anyway, but he's welcome to if he wants to call me and tell me that. 
I'll take an apology anytime, <laughs> any old time. Um, but I don't really care. You know what? It's ridiculous. And it doesn't matter. What it has done is open up the conversation, this conversation about sexless marriages and infidelity and all of these issues. And, and you know, when we think about infidelity, we think about the betrayal of the husband or the wife. It's the ultimate betrayal. It is a transgression unmatched by anything else. It is the biggest hurt possible. But is it? How is it for people who have been denied sex for their entire marriage or the better part of it? How is it for somebody who has abused uh, a partner in a relationship, somebody who has psychologically or sexually or physically? What about those betrayals, those transgressions? This infidelity gets a much worse of a rap than anything else. And we must remember that there is a third person in this situation. And often when somebody is caught cheating or confesses that they have cheated, and you know what? If you have cheated, keep it to yourself. There is no reason to share that information. That is about you and not the other person. I had a patient in my clinical practice this week, and she told me that her husband told her about 20 affairs that he had had. He'd actually had a breakdown. He was actually hospitalized for it. Because you know what? He was living the fast life. He was drinking. He was using other substances. He was having uh, what he termed a sex addiction issue. He has an amazing wife. And I said, there is no God-given reason he needed to tell you that. And and she has actually supported him through this. He's had a whole host of problems in, in trying to deal with it and trying to get to the root of his issues. And he certainly does have issues, but... I suspect he has substance use and abuse issues, and they are playing themselves out in other ways. But I'll have to tell you about that situation a little bit later. But what about the third party? So say it's not somebody who's had 20 relationships. The third party, the person who you've had an affair with for the last two or three years, what about them? When I return, I'm going to talk about them. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. So much to say, so little time. We're talking about infidelity. My question for you, is it time to rethink infidelity? A lot of researchers say it might be. Consider this. An elderly man has been married 60 years. His wife is in a care home with dementia. He has struck up a friendship with a woman down the hall whose husband has been admitted to the same care home with dementia. The two have healthy sexual drives and find themselves attracted to one another. Or how about fidelity imposed on you as a spouse? Is it fair to impose fidelity on a person who is deprived of sex from their spouse? And when that spouse has an affair, must we call it cheating? Or is it merely survival? There are a number of times in life when an extramarital affair seems compassionate. It seems the right thing to do. It seems not to be hurting people. So under those conditions or similar, should we reconsider, rethink infidelity? Is it a promise that can happen over the course of a marriage, which for many are lasting 40, 50, 60 years? Infidelity has been around since marriage, and it is far more tenacious 
than marriage, and in, and in particular in many marriages. But what is that cheating experience when you find out that your partner, your spouse, has been having an extramarital affair for half of your marriage? What about the other woman? What about, or man, what about that person? How do you end it with that person? Respectfully is how I say, if you choose to remain in your marriage. And you know, that's the new shame, remaining in the marriage when cheating has occurred. Many, many neighbors will judge. Oh, she's staying with him? He's such a cheater. But little, I mean, we, one of the most well-known is Hillary Clinton, she stayed with her man. She stood by her man. They recoined that phrase. But nobody knew what went on behind closed doors or the reasons that people stay together. In Vancouver, it's often the price of the house, finances. In every city, it's the children. It's religion. It's can't disappoint the family. There are a number of reasons. But know that if you are having an extramarital affair that is not necessarily just about the sex, and it isn't always just about the sex. In fact, it's often not about the sex. It's about fulfilling a need. It is about the loneliness quotient. It is about filling your cup. It is about getting noticed. It is about somebody awakening your sexuality, your sensuality. It is about being alive again. Because many people don't realize the importance of sex in a marriage. It is the tie that binds. It is a closeness unmatched by anything else. You will not get the same closeness through paying bills or even having a baby. There is no greater connection. And if it means something to you and it doesn't mean something to your partner, that's a problem as well. But this can be addressed. You can choose to stay in your marriage. You can choose a new marriage, marry the same person all over again under different circumstances, under circumstances where you express your needs and your desires. But of course, you have that person with whom you've been having the affair. And you may care about that person, likely you do, because that person has met a need, a vacancy inside of you that you have never expressed before. That person has fulfilled a part of you that nobody else could. And it's going to be hard to actually leave that person and to return to your marriage. You will grieve. You will go through the grieving process, and you need to. And you will break somebody's heart, and it will be painful. It will be emotional. It will be painful. And that person needs access to you. And it needs to be a weaning process. And and. Perhaps the meanest and the easiest is to just cut it off. You will experience pain if you do not process your decision to let somebody go, to set somebody that you love free in order to go back to your responsibilities and to your commitment and to what could have been in your marriage had you been able to speak up and talk about what was important to you. Many times, infidelity can strengthen a marriage. It'll jolt people out of bad, familiar habits. It's hard to be romantic when you've shared the same bathroom with somebody for 10 or 15 years. 
but marital reinvention is a consoling option for spouses. But also, the person with whom you've had the affair needs consoling as well. And you need to take responsibility for this relationship. And your partner in marriage and life also needs to understand that this person was important to you and cannot just be tossed or kicked to the curb. It's a tough subject, and I really don't like to end anything on a low note. I like to end on a high note. Shall I sing? Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) I won't, but one day I'm going to bring my guitar in here and play. I can bring mine too. Let's do it. Let's do a little duet. That would be fantastic. (laughs) Uh, I'm working on a, a song for a Christmas party I'm having coming up. But anyway, not about me. It's about you. Remember, go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. Follow me on Twitter at Back to the Bedroom. Uh, when you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. I promise next week I will read your emails and get to what I didn't get to tonight. Thank you for the emails. Feel free to reach out. Sex talk at cknw.com. Head on over to the uh, or children's... Um, the CKNW. I'm going to be at the Fairmont Hotel on the John McComb Show live cool. at the CKNW Orphans Fund Day. So if you feel like reaching out and giving, that's the time to do it. Uh, on Wednesday at the Fairmont Hotel Vancouver, 745, I'll be on the air with John McComb. I am Maureen McGrath, and you have been listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.